All right, hello. Um, my name is Caitlin Wilhelmson. This is my podcast. And I'm apologizing that this podcast is going to be a little bit rough because I have never done this before. But it's a dream that I've had for several years that I'm finally just recognizing that there will never be an optimal time for me to do this. So I'm making the time to do it. The name of this podcast is Between the Keys. And the reason I'm calling that is because I am studying piano performance at BYU and so much of my time is spent in a practice room or performing or rehearsing. But the things that I really want to talk about are not necessarily the things that happen in the practice room. Because one of my favorite topics is personal growth and personal development and just the lessons that you can learn from life. And I think that some of those lessons do take place in the practice room. I think a lot of my best ideas have happened while I've been practicing. But the idea that the things I want to share are the things that I learn in between my practice sessions, the things that I'm doing with the rest of my life, it's, it's those things that I really feel are especially meaningful and that I want to share with you. So this podcast is really about my journey of personal growth and I feel like I need to share what I'm learning because someone out there might benefit from hearing these things as well. So the thing I want to talk about first though actually does have to do with piano (laughs) because last night was a huge milestone in my life and specifically in my piano career. I gave my second ever solo recital, my sophomore recital for the undergrad program at Brigham Young University. So it was really an incredible experience. For those who are unfamiliar with recitals, it's Um, One of two recitals that I'll give in my undergrad, the next one will happen in two years, my senior recital, but this one I've been working on for at least a year. One or two or three of the pieces I pulled from way back when I was like a 12 or 13 year old and not ready for those pieces yet and brought them back and conquered them, but the rest of the pieces I've been working on for at least a year, so it's been a long time in the making. And this recital was actually supposed to happen in November, but last semester was one of the hardest times of my life and for a bunch of various reasons and a bunch of stuff in my personal life that went down, I realized that I was absolutely not going to be ready in time, so we postponed my recital until January. But even then, I had to work really hard to get it to the point where it could be performed well. There was a lot of prayers that went into this recital. I pray a lot, especially, like most of my prayers kind of go, please help me to avoid this crisis, but (laughs) there was a lot of prayer that went into this nonetheless. There were some tears and there was blood because it is very dry in Utah and my hands crack up frequently and my fingers as well, but it's all good. I didn't bleed at my recital, so that was kind of nice. Um, yeah, I almost also felt like I didn't pass my hearing, which is just something funny. So for a recital, there's a hearing that you have to do before, and it's just a little preliminary thing so that the professors know that you can actually play the recital. And in the hearing, I felt like I almost didn't pass it because I was playing one of my pieces. It it was the piece that everyone after the recital said, this is my new favorite piece. It's three pages long. It's a contemporary prelude. And yeah, I had one of the biggest memory slips of my career in the hearing and had to skip 
a whole page, a third of the piece, completely skipped it, but I still passed because the piano professors, they're angels, and they also asked my teacher, and he said, this has never happened before, she can play this piece, so I passed my hearing. And that was the first of a lot of miracles that was behind this recital. Um, one of the biggest ones was that my family was able to fly into town. I live in Arizona, and they were able to get some flights that flew into Ogden, where my extended family's from. It's my family like originated in Ogden, but we moved to Arizona uh, about 10 years ago. So my immediate family was able to fly into town, and a lot of my extended family, who I barely ever see because I'm always practicing, they also came to support me in the recital, which was just an incredible blessing to look out into the audience and see so many faces of family. Another miracle that happened, and this, this is kind of, I feel like it's silly, but it means a lot to me. I care a lot about appearance, and I was especially very aware that I wanted to look amazing for this recital. But I'm also the one who does all my own hair and makeup, so I, I was the one responsible to look amazing. And there's a lot of pressure there because I have incredibly, incredibly difficult standards. You know, the whole social media, like, everything looks extremely way too perfect. I hold myself to those standards. It's not healthy. But I'm definitely working on that. But I did know, more or less, what I wanted to look like for this recital. My family took me to dinner, and when I got back, I only had 40 minutes to get completely ready. And that included hair and changing and then walking from my dorm to the recital hall. And I'm like, this is, this, this is going to be close. So... The thing with my hair is that I always try to put it up, but I'm not entirely sure what I want to do until I'm doing it, and I usually have to redo it at least three times, but I knew I did not have time for that, so I was just about to put pins in, and I just prayed, because I pray a lot, and just like, let this work, please God, and so it was really interesting, because, so Russell M. Nelson, um, who is the president of the church I belong to, and he, he used to be a world-renowned heart surgeon, and he told a story in his autobiography, or his biography, about how he was doing an unprecedented open-heart surgery, and he prayed that God would open up to his mind what he was supposed to do, because he, he just didn't know what he was going to do. This was an impossible surgery. And he said that it was diagrammed out in his mind what it was that he should do for the surgery. It sounds so silly, but I had it diagrammed in my mind what I needed to do. So I did something I'd never done before with my hair, and it looked like Pinterest and Instagram. I was ecstatic. So that was, that was a massive miracle to me because it, it means a lot to me that with, I put so much effort into this recital. I wanted to look great. So thank you for bearing with me in my little fashionista rant right there. If you guys know me, you know that I, I do like fashion. So the next miracle that happened was, well, because of, because of my hair escapade, I was a little bit late. I was supposed to get there half an hour before it started, but I was like five minutes over and I just, I was like, oh, they're just going to have to deal with it. But I showed up and I'm like, hey, sorry, I'm late. And they go, oh, hey, no problem. The last recital started and ended late. So you're right on time. And I just thought that's, that's incredible that of all of the recitals, all of the student recitals that could have run late, this was the one that ran late when I was also running late. Um, it's just, it's the small things that I think mean the most to me. Another incredible, incredible miracle was that 
there were so many people who came. I was honestly so blown away by the, the sheer, everyone was blown away by the sheer number. I went backstage for a brief intermission and one of the people managing the concert came back into the back room and was just, just like, I cannot believe how many people are here tonight. Normally there's only 60 to 70 people who show up to the student recitals, but there's 140 people out there. And I was just in awe because I, I tried to advertise for this recital and I tried to get the word out and I'd buy a lot of people, but I was just, there. my teacher also said he'd never seen a student recital that was so well attended in his whole career here at BYU. So I just want to take a moment to express gratitude to anyone who came last night or who watched the live stream and to just say thank you so much for that support. It meant so much to me. Like I saw people in the audience who I haven't talked to in months. I saw people in the audience I met two weeks ago. And it just means so much to me that you guys took an hour, two hours out of your night to come and see me play. It was really, it means a lot. Another miracle was just the people who were involved in their side of the people backstage were just so relaxed, so chill. So I'd go backstage and I'd literally be shaking from playing because I was just so nervous. And they'd just be like, hey, you're doing great. Good job. It's just, it was a wonderful atmosphere. I also played a piano concerto, Grieg A minor, piano concerto, the first movement. I don't want to sing it because it won't do it justice and I'll just sound ridiculous, but y'all would know it. Um, my collaborative pianist was so much fun to be around. She just had so much energy, so positive energy. Just, you can do this. And another one of our friends was Paige Turner. She's just like, yeah, duh, you got this. So it was really awesome to have them there tonight supporting me and just being very vocal about how they believed in me. And then my favorite part of the recital was actually afterwards, not just because it was finally over, but because I love talking to people and really connecting with people. And so it was just such a treat to have just a line of people who were waiting to talk to me and it was just wonderful. So, and just, it was just wonderful to be able to talk with them. And then the texts afterwards that I got from people were really wonderful and I've just been pondering on some of them. I got a text from several people who said that they felt the spirit during the recital and that floored me because I have struggled with a very long time to understand that classical music can communicate the spirit. I personally don't love classical instrumental music which is interesting because that's what I study but I have a hard time myself feeling the spirit per se when I go to a classical concert and it just was so meaningful to me that other people felt it when I was playing because that's what I want to communicate but I struggle to know how to do that without words and with, without just using my voice, it's, I think it's easy to express the spirit when you're singing, but when you're playing the piano, it's, it's definitely a lot more difficult. But to have multiple people say that they felt the spirit while I was playing meant more to me than anything else. And I just, I'm starting to realize that this is a method for me to be able to testify of God and of Jesus Christ which is something I'd never really considered before. Another thing that happened, and 
I don't know entirely what to think of this, so I'm just going to put it out there. You take it or leave it. I'd love to hear your comments. One girl in particular messaged me that she felt that there were angels in attendance. And I absolutely do not have the gift of being able to tell if there are angels in the room. It's, it's not something that I have. Every now and then I've been able to be like, you know what, there could be, like at a very significant event, like a very like significant spiritual event, I, may, I can say there are probably people from the other side because I definitely believe in ministering angels. But it was interesting that she said that because of something that happened to me during the recital. I was playing my pieces and I was facing the south end of the Madsen Recital Hall. I was looking at uh, the doorway and three times I thought I saw someone walking in because there was like a little flash of light and I'm like, oh, maybe the concert light is like reflecting off someone's clothes or something and I'd look up and there'd be no one there and it crossed my mind like oh maybe there's an angel on him I was like nah it's not like that but to have someone else say that made me wonder and I don't want to draw to any conclusions because I again I don't know these things for sure I think that a lot of it would be speculation on my part but I just wonder how many people were filling the remaining concert seats? How many people from the other side of the veil who care about me were there to support me in one of the biggest events of my life thus far? I think that for sure my grandpa was there. My grandpa on my mom's side passed away two or three years ago. He is one of my absolute favorite people and he was always incredibly supportive of my music career. So I'm positive that he was there. But it's interesting for me to think that even though I am completely oblivious to their involvement in my life, they're probably there. They're absolutely there, cheering me on for every step of the way. And I hope that someday I'll be spiritually sensitive enough to be able to feel them. So the last thing I want to talk about was it, was, it was a thought that I had that was prompted by my choir rehearsal today. I'm in the BYU Concert Choir, directed by Sister Hall. Roz Hall is in her last semester here at BYU, and I'm going to miss her a lot because she's just phenomenal. Something that she talks about a lot is the idea of abundance and how we always walk around with a scarcity mindset, feeling like we don't have enough of time or of sleep or of energy or anything. But she says you need to breathe in abundance and she just has us all breathe in and breathe out. Breathe in abundance, breathe out scarcity. And she asks us to think of something that we particularly felt scarce, that, we, that was scarce for us. And under normal circumstances, I would immediately think of loneliness. I feel lonely a lot. It's kind of what happens when you spend four to six hours in a practice room every day. But especially this past year, I have felt lonely a lot. So my mind immediately went to, okay, I know I'm, that there's a scarcity mindset in terms of people who surround me, care about me. And as soon as I went to that thought, I just realized that's absolutely untrue. Because in this very concert hall where I am rehearsing right now were 140 people who were here last night to support me. 
And I have absolutely no doubt that there is an abundance of love and fellowship in my life. And I pray I will never forget it. So thank you again for coming to my recital. And I hope that anyone listening to this knows that there is an abundance of people who love and care about you too. And I hope that you'll carry that with you for the rest of the day and the rest of the week and the rest of your life. I hope you all have a great day and I'll record another one soon. Bye.